Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Thursday, the 11th of March. The federal government has announced major discounts on flights around the country in a special incentive package to get Aussies back in the air. The $1.2 billion tourism boost will offer 800,000 half-price tickets. The airline and travel sectors have been hit especially hard by the coronavirus pandemic and the 50% discounts are aimed at giving the struggling industries a much-needed boost. Some of the travel destinations include the Gold Coast, Sundays, Uluru, Broome and Kangaroo Island. The program is set to kick off in April and we'll have more details on this story coming up shortly in Business and Finance. Also making news this morning, concerns are growing over major delays in the rollout of our vaccination program. So far, 100,000 people across the country have been given the jab, but the figures are trailing behind the government's original schedule of vaccinating 4 million people by the end of next month. The Secretary of the Department of Health, Professor Brendan Murphy, says the program is on track, saying it is not a race and safety must come first. We can take our time, set up our systems, do it safely and carefully. We are expanding our rollout every day. Every day there are more aged care facilities being done. Every day the states and territories are setting up more clinics. In a show of solidarity, the New South Wales Premier, Health Minister and Chief Medical Officer all received the AstraZeneca vaccine in Sydney yesterday. Gladys Berejiklian says New South Wales will offer up the state's vaccination hubs to help with the rollout of the federal government's program to the general public. If we do have the ability to speed things along, we want to take that opportunity. Prime Minister Scott Morrison has again defended Attorney-General Christian Porter, who is at the centre of historic rape allegations. Mr Porter, who is currently on leave, vehemently denies raping the woman, but calls are growing for an independent inquiry. Here is Prime Minister Scott Morrison. He is an innocent man under our law, and to suggest that there should be some uh, different treatment applied to him based on what have been allegations that the the police have closed the matter on, I think that would be grossly inappropriate. The fallout continues over Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's explosive interview with Oprah Winfrey. Meghan was one of more than 40,000 people who made an official complaint over TV host Pierce Morgan's on-air rant over the interview, where he questioned the mental health of the Duchess and whether she was telling the truth. The controversial presenter has now left the morning show, saying he quit. Pierce is adamant he has done nothing wrong. No, I believe in freedom of speech. I believe in the right to uh, be allowed to have an opinion. Uh, if people want to believe Meghan Markle, that's entirely their right. I don't believe almost anything that comes out of her mouth. I think the damage she's done to the British monarchy and to the Queen at a time when Prince Philip was lying in hospital is enormous and frankly contemptible. So uh, if I have to fall on my sword for expressing an honestly held opinion about Meghan Markle and that diatribe of bilge that she came out with in that interview, so be it. The outburst has sparked a heated debate over freedom of speech, while Pierce's former show Good Morning Britain beat its opposition in the TV ratings for the first time yesterday. Mr Morgan tweeting after the ratings win, quote, My work is done. And a star-studded turnout for the funeral of Australian music legend Michael Gadinsky. 
Kylie Minogue, Molly Meldrum, Jimmy Barnes and John Farnham among the many big names to turn out in Melbourne to pay tribute to the 68-year-old who passed away suddenly in his sleep last week. A state funeral will be held at Rod Laver Arena later this month. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Thursday morning and firstly to Victoria. Premier Dan Andrews may be out of action for a number of months after a horror fall down wet steps. As our reporter James Lake reports from Melbourne, Mr Andrews may need surgery. That's right, Tasha. Government source says the chance of surgery on the Premier's spine is 50-50 right now. As you say, he slipped down some wet steps on Tuesday and has fractured his T7 vertebrae in his upper back as well as fractured ribs on the left and the right. Currently, Andrews is recovering at the Alfred Hospital where a final decision on surgery is expected by the weekend. Either way, he could be off work for up to four months at a very critical time for the state. Our police minister is already off work as well for three months with Crohn's disease and someone needs to make a decision on reopening hotel quarantine for international arrivals. In North Queensland, a major hospital has declared a code yellow emergency, buckling under increasing pressure from an influx of overseas COVID cases and emergencies. Our reporter Matt Layton is in Cairns with more. Tash, it's the first time Cairns Hospital has waved its flag in more than 18 months. A perfect storm of six overseas COVID-19 patients, a high number of car crashes and kids with infections has caused the hospital to issue a code yellow, which means they're close to capacity. Dr Don Mackey from Cairns and Hinterland Hospital and Health Service says they've made a few changes like relocating patients to ease pressure. We have put a pause on non uh, on elective surgery, on some elective surgery. We're still leaving the highest category of elective surgery going, but that allows us to uh, control the, uh, the number of patients coming into the hospital. They're now monitoring the situation every day to see when it can be lifted, while flights with Papua New Guinea have stopped, which will mean the COVID specialty wing won't be getting any more patients. Staying in Queensland and the state has become the second in the country to introduce a ban on single-use plastics. Our reporter Amy Drew has more from Brisbane. Yeah, Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk announced the move overnight that the state government had passed laws to ban single-use plastic and polystyrene takeaway items from September 1. That means items like single-use plastic straws, stirrers, cutlery and plates will join single-use plastic shopping bags on the banned list. A ban on other products, including coffee cups, takeaway food containers and heavyweight plastic bags will also be considered at a later stage. Healthcare businesses and schools will be exempt from the laws, however, so so people with a disability or medical condition can still access them. Now, for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Peter Switzer from the switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. As we mentioned earlier this morning, the federal government is offering major discounts to get us back in the air. Yeah, and there's a whole lot of other things in this package as well, Tash. So this is a part of the government's targeted support for the travel industry, with $1.2 billion being made available for 800,000 local travellers to fly and holiday in Australian destinations at half price. And there will be tax payer-funded retention payments to both Qantas and Virgin that will be made between April and October, after which international travel is expected to resume thanks to vaccinations. These payments are to be made to keep 8,600 airline staff in jobs until that time, and there will also be low-interest loans for small businesses hurt by the lack of foreign tourists and have been dependent on JobKeeper payments. And more good news for our economy. Yep. 
And what we've seen reduces concerns that the economy will fall over a fiscal cliff when JobKeeper is finished at the end of March. Yesterday, the Westpac Consumer Sentiment Index rose by 2.6% in March to 111.8. Now, that's the second highest reading in seven years, and any reading above 100 says optimists outnumber pessimists. And on <laughs> Tuesday, the NAB Business Confidence Index rose from 12 points in January to an 11-year high of 164 in February, the long-term average for business confidence is only 5.1, showing just how big this spike in confidence is. And confident businesses is great news for future job creation. Yeah, it's encouraging news uh, long-term too, Peter. And data out overnight says concerns that inflation is getting out of control in the US are largely exaggerated, which is good news for our stock market. Without a doubt, US stocks spiked overnight on a tame inflation number, which ordinarily wouldn't be big news. But in recent times, we've seen the stock market sell off strongly on fears that inflation would get out of control, forcing interest rates to rise. This concern explains why a lot of tech stocks like Tesla in the US and Afterpay here have been dumped recently. The US Consumer Price Index came in at only 0.4% for February, taking the annual rate to 1.7%. This should be good news for the local stock market here today as we play follow the leader with Wall Street. Lots of good news. We love good news. Happy Thursday. Thanks, Peter. Cheers. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, there's been so much speculation, but finally NRL superstar Cameron Smith has confirmed he is retiring. Yes, good morning, Tash. That's right. It has been every day we've been talking about Cameron Smith. Finally, yesterday, deciding that he will retire. Told his teammates 15 minutes before his bronze statue was unveiled at uh, Amy Park. He genuinely thought that he could keep playing. That's why he's taken so long to make this decision. He had an offer on the table from the Titans. The Broncos were involved as well, but in the end, couldn't see himself playing for for any other club, let's hear from the great man himself. I'd love to stay involved in some capacity and I've been talking with uh, Matt Tripp and, and Belliate through the back end of last season, after the season finished before Christmas and, and even uh, in the new year about um, staying involved in, in the club in some capacity. I'm not too sure what that is at the moment. So he won't be lost to the game. His resume is unparalleled. The most games in NRL history, 430. Uh, the most points, the most goals. Uh, of course, all the origin wins for Queensland. 56 times he represented the Kangaroos as well. We could keep going all morning. And uh, Now the question is, is he the greatest player of all time? I heard his dad, Wayne Smith, on uh, Triple M in Brisbane last night saying, no, it's still the King, Wally Lewis. And I think a lot of people in New South Wales uh, wouldn't see that Cameron Smith is the greatest player of all time. But you can't argue with his record, Tash. Oh, gosh, nice to see his dad supporting him there. <laughs> <laughs> Keep him in line. And from the greatest NRL player to one of our greatest basketballers, the sensational Lauren Jackson is a step closer to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, the Naismith uh, Basketball uh, Hall of Fame announcing its nominations yesterday. 14 of those. Lauren Jackson is among them. And again, we talk about resumes in sport. Lauren Jackson's is also unparalleled. Two WNBA championships with Seattle. Three MVPs back home in the Australian League. uh, And a couple of silver medals at the Olympics, of course. The Opals can never quite get across the line and get that elusive goal during her long career. 14 nominations. So she's got a fair bit of competition, including the great Bill Russell. Now, he's already been inducted as a player. 
player, won 11 championships with the Boston Celtics. He was the first African-American to coach an NBA team, and he won back-to-back championships as well. There's the likes of Paul Pierce, who also played for the Celtics. Chris Bosh, who played in a couple of championships with the Miami Heat. So there's a bit of competition there, and they'll announce that uh, next month as to who has been successful. And, uh, and hopefully we hear from Lauren Jackson on the podium at the Naismith uh, Hall of Fame. Be wonderful to hear from Lauren. Now, will the AFL stick with a night grand final this year, Brett? No, they've decided not to. They're going back with tradition. The AFL Commission meeting yesterday to formalise plans for this year's grand final. Back at the MCG, of course, they're hoping they will get 100,000 fans there. Now, the argument for a night grand final has always been that the entertainment is a lot better and certainly the way Queensland was able to scramble and and, uh, get it together for the Gabba grand final last year was phenomenal. But there's a lot of traditionalists in Melbourne who wanted to stick with uh, the the daytime time slot of a 2.30 bounce at the MCG. And I have to admit, a summer day in spring at Melbourne there is nothing better than daytime footy so they'll stick with tradition for now but it's a, it's an annual debate in the AFL as to whether we hold the biggest day on their calendar uh, during the day or night time yeah Brett thank you very much Checking the weather around the country this Thursday morning now in Brisbane, possible storm, 28 degrees. Few showers on the way today for Sydney, 27. Partly cloudy and 23 for Melbourne, 23 degrees. Also expected this Thursday for Canberra. Partly cloudy and 22 for Hobart. Sunny and 28 for Adelaide. Partly cloudy and 27 for Perth. And a top of 32 and a shower or two on the way for Darwin. And officials are denying reports the US president's dogs have been banned from the White House after a biting incident. The Biden's youngest rescue dog, Major, was apparently startled by someone he didn't know. The beloved pets have been moved to the Biden's home in Delaware for the time being. While spokesperson Jen Psaki says the two German shepherds will return to the big house, but plans for a White House cat have not been pushed forward. Where is the cat? Today's a good day for the cat. Um, I don't have any update on the cat. We know the cat will break the internet, uh, but I don't have any update on its status. Controversial indeed. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda. In your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning, you can also catch the latest episode on a whole new world of audio by downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.